it's John. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. All right, so I'm over now on Great Barrier Island, and this is kind of, for me, a little bit of a home away from home. A lot of you will have seen me uh, put up little pictures from over here or talk about it. Um, it's a place that, to me, is is really cool and one of the few places where, uh, I guess, things feel feel right. It's a lot of open space, um, a lot of nature, and I'm going to do probably about four episodes from here. So first one, and as many of these four as I can, I'll, I'll share this time with someone else. So the first one here, I was lucky to overlap the trip. I'm going to, I've got my dad on, Mark, and um, they are leaving the island tomorrow and so I'm going to grab a quick little one today. We're going to talk about some of the concepts with energy generation. So very different style today. We're going to just sort of riff on things and see what comes up rather than having a set intention. But I'm really excited because I've been wanting to get Dad on for some conversation in the past and I've just never really gotten it out. So maybe just kick off Dad, um, I guess introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, most people, I think probably most of my friends or, or people kind of know of you maybe or have met you, but just um, maybe a little bit about you and then we'll roll into the energy generation stuff. Yeah, well, <clears throat> thanks, John. Nice to have you back. Um, yeah, really not much to say. I've kind of done a lot of stuff and then just ended up living on this island, which has uh, kind of been what, I searched for for most of my life was a sort of a, a of a place that you could be be real and um, you know I kind of express yourself and stay healthy and uh, there's a nice community here so we can contribute to the community and there's just lots of real activities that we can do. Um, what's your what's your just for people, a quick rundown on, um, I guess, a bit of your background, just real, like, you know, the boat building or um, the, how many kids you got, like a little bit oh, yeah. of, just like a, a, I guess, sort of a snapshot for someone who's just sitting uh, in the car or whatever. Yeah, well, it really, it really all started probably when I was about 17 when I met your mom. And we have... Well, I mean, that was high school. I went through university and ended up as a physicist, which um, didn't really sit too well with me. I couldn't be inside, and so I changed what what I was going to do and have gone through all kinds of different... I was, a fire, I was in the fire service. I was a ski shop mechanic, a bike mechanic, a motorcycle mechanic, and... I got into building, re, doing remodels, painting, all that kind of stuff, and ended up as a uh, kind of a builder. I did uh, quite a bit of design work, which was kind of came out of the physics thing because it was pretty pretty straightforward. So I ended up um, designing and building boats, and uh, well, we sailed off to the 
earlier on I would used to go to the desert, go to Baja, California as my place to get away. And then after we got a boat, we sailed through the Pacific. And uh, as John was born in Tahiti, we were on a uh, extended um, sailboat trip, lived in French Polynesia for quite a while. And then we decided to jump back into the the real city world and make money and well, that lasted like about three years and I decided to build another boat and we moved to New Zealand to do it and uh, we did and then we took the kids up into the islands and kind of went through the raising raising children with John is the middle one we have Joanna was the first and she sailed with us till she was five and then uh, Lizzie is the the last one so now they're all in Australia and we're here on the island so we, can't, we have a base that's different than the city basically so <clears throat> a lot of diversity and a lot of uh, different, different, completely different, um, not just jobs, but environments and, 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 uh, locations and countries. And what I want to go into today, cause I know as we go into different things, more of more story will come out. And, um, what I want to go into is this concept of what I'm kind of calling energy generation now. And, <clears throat> In the past, when I would think about this, it was really the stuff just for me to feel good or a person to feel good, right? Like, you know, light and food and all of these things that a lot of people talk about. And then what I kind of expanded energy generation to include three habits in particular or three kind of ways of looking at stuff. One is urgency, one is necessity, and one is impeccability because I kind of expanded an energy generation into this concept of not just feeling well, but uh, in simple terms, kind of getting something done. So creating something that I guess the opposite would be feeling, feeling great in a, um, in a cocoon would be just if I looked at my own light and my own food. And then the, the necessity is like, okay, well, I'm going to build a boat or I'm going to start a business or I'm going to do this and this is why I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it with as much impeccability as I can. And when I bring urgency into it, you know, a time domain, it kind of catalyzes the whole thing. So now I have this full spectrum energy generation that keeps me going and maybe I'm producing something, maybe it's just how I'm living um, with my family and looking after people around me or um, taking part in, in some part of the world. So the six areas that I focus on, the, the three, or, you know, we don't need to focus on these, but breath being one, um, perception, so kind of like, you know, we're sitting here now, people might hear like the twoies and stuff, we're sitting outside, there's a lot of light, and the perception of what's around us uh, is really big. Nourishment, you know, food, sleep, um, anything else that you feel is nourishing you as a human. And then urgency, necessity, and impeccability is like, okay, well, taking care of myself and then bringing in these ways of living so it's, you know, I'm able to kind of continue on my journey um, kind of best I can sort of thing. But I don't have an agenda here. I just wanted to bring up these six things and 
you know, we're, we're sitting here outside in a kind of a winter day, but it's really beautiful. Um, to see if any of them resonated with you from your recent, so, so you just turned 70 in uh, March 15th. Um, I'm turning 34 tomorrow. So there's a bit of a gap between us, which I really like. But, you know, maybe in recent years or before that, any of these six that pop up or things that you're noticing or that you generally just kind of want to talk about and, you know, that would be a great start. Yeah, one thing that comes to mind as you're talking is the um, the question of what, what keeps you going? What, what, what can you do to keep yourself going? Like you start a project, like I would start a boat building project, and I knew that it was going to be two years that it, it, when I'd be done. But the <clears throat> what the boat project was was a was something that I needed in order to realize a vision that I had created before I even started d- drawing the boat. So I had this image, uh, this in my mind, this, um, it, it was what my future uh, life was going to look like. And with the whole sailboat trip and everything, we kind of hinged around um, turquoise lagoons and fringing reefs and, and uh, nice... Yeah, well, I used to draw pictures like they always had like hollow tubes and little thatched huts and uh, all that kind of stuff. And it was like a, the it, it was interesting while it because the amount of time to take to build the boat or like any any of these projects, it it's long and you're in it for a long time. And there's all kinds of things that you could get distracted by to snuff out your vision or you 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 know lose sight of what you're really doing like. For instance, in the boat building thing, you start to build, and you're a boat builder. And then people come around, and they see that you're building boats, and like, they might offer you a job or ask you for, um, they want you to build them a boat. So you could turn into a boat builder, and then there goes your, you know, there goes your thatched hut on a beach in the, in the tropics. And the, like, not keeping the, Vision strong. In fact, I think that the stronger you make it, and the more you, like I actually have, pic, you know, it's like pictures in my head of it. I don't like collect and cut out little pictures or anything. I just develop it in my head, and it will override all the distractions, and you actually then can have enough energy to finish it. Because the initially you hit it really big because you're so excited about all this getting started. And then, as time goes on, you just start getting hammered because you're, 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 you're. Well, actually, here's you forget about all these of uh, putting energy, and you just start putting energy out. And uh, then, then when you finally launch the boat and you point it south, and you're heading down the beach, down the down the coast, it's like all gone. All of that output of energy is gone, and now you're just. Yeah, I mean, you're sailing across the ocean, the sun's beating down on you, you're pulling fish in on the back, and everything just is a whole bunch, you get a whole bunch of energy back in. And and uh, it took us like a year and a half after we'd spent two years on the first boat, first boat sort of to get back to, you know, normal. Now what I learned from that was to take time out while I was doing it to put energy back in so that I could... So that I had enough for, I mean, we almost didn't make it at the end because we would, I would just, I had run out. 
And, uh, I mean, I, to keep it going was a, a, a result, of, was because of the vision, but then I kind of would, you know, that was early on, I was like 29 when I launched that that thing. So, so um, you know, in recently, I've learned that you do it, I do it the same way with the vision, but I'm taking time out. I I I sit and I I um, accumulate inner silence and um, I I just just soak it in a lot more than I used to. I you know, make a point to get down to the beach and walk on the walk in the sand and put myself in the ocean and that sort of thing. So anyway, that's what of what you were talking about. That kind of resonated with what I've been, you know, what I think. Yeah, so you kind of using, because a lot of people talk about, <clears throat> you know, goals and and intentions and stuff, and it's kind of like you've you've got a um, ability to create an ability to create the intent through the vision of the sort of gift to your future self uh, strong enough so such that you you are able to through maybe your own learning or through the practice overcome your own resistances so you can you can create a strong enough vision that it's like okay even though this gets really hard and you know, I've got you know I'm I'm breaking down from doing it whether I rest or not you know there's a, there's a there's a strength in that vision originally to hopefully get through yeah, it. you always go back to like looking you're on the surfboard and you're looking down the down the wave and the lip is like nice and straight and the and the waves all really shiny those kind of things you 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 come back up with which can keep going what um let's go into a little bit of um let's talk a little bit about movement because I think there's a segue here in that for a lot of people, you know, um, I've worked with a lot of people in that sort of space and the vision is really high and it might be maybe a wedding that's coming up and they want to, you know, become this certain person or feel a certain way and feel this certain kind of vitality for this event or it might be a general kind of life change or just an interest in this and that's kind of the vision and maybe it's expressed by a goal or an intention or they write it down or it's just in the head, you know, similar to what you mentioned. And then what we see uh, a lot of the times is that the burnout, that thing that you were talking about, the conflict of chasing it um, comes in before, before kind of the, that, the, through that dip. And so, you know, you've been doing this stuff a long time and we just came back today where dad did a workout over in the other side of the island. And I always talk to people about, you know, you know, gyms and stuff often have three-month memberships. And I always kind of joke that the minimum should be sort of five years or whatever. But how do you, how do you, can you frame that up for people, how you think about the movement? And, and movement to me comes under, under the nourishment you know how do you how do you look at this in a way that you i guess you could use the word sustainable keep going like how does it unfold so you're not so you're still able so you to do it so you don't just say ah what do i have to do that for yeah so and either either lose motivation or burn yeah. out like there's a yeah. lot that happens for people on, yeah. on either side of that yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. They, the, the, that got started with me when I was like in my 20s and one of our friends, we were living in a ski resort that, at the time was saying that when I got to be 30 something, I was, my belly was going to get big and I was going to, you know, he had all these um, ideas of what was going to happen to him when he was 30 and I was looking at myself and I go, wait a minute, it's like I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to really change. and. I had this guy that was working with me named Tony, and I, he 30, Tony was 32, and he looked great. He was like a muscular, active, I skied with him. He was like a, he was great. So I go, well, I'm just gonna be like Tony. And it's like, well, what's Tony do, you know? And Tony skis, and he kind of ran a little bit. Well, I rode a bicycle, so like I was kind of doing that. And, and it was pretty much how I was going to have myself be. And, I figured I was going to be strong and I was going to be able to do, if I wanted to learn something, like say, uh, I picked up whitewater kayaking and it was because I was in good shape, it was really easy to learn. So I got so much value out of being strong and mobile that um, it was easy to well, do it. then I didn't really have to do very much because I was young and it just the activities were taking care of it. But I found that after about 50, uh, I had to add some resistance to maintain a strength. So, I mean, now I'm working out three times a week and I'm just lifting, doing general strength sort of lifting, not and a lot of mo a lot of kind of mobility, full range strength stuff. And I don't even consider not doing it, but I think it's because I, I kept with it for long enough to just become habitual. And it's time for, it's my time. So I go into the gym and start the, the warm-up, um, got like a dynamic warm-up, rolling and dynamic warm-up. And I put on the music I like, it's like the place is really warm, it's like, it's my gym, you know, it's like, it's great. And I just... I enjoy my own company, and uh, it's a good, good environment, and so it's easy to do. I think that if I, and I, the only thing I am doing a little bit of commute, I gotta drive 8K, and you know, that that's like the only cost of the whole thing, so yeah, I find it's hard, it's easy, and I think I'll continue to do it till I, till I drop. <laughs> <laughs> if it kill doesn't kill me. Yeah. It's sort of making the mistakes. Um with the movement or the training or exercise, whatever you want to kinda of frame it up, the three times a week, like I know that you've done a lot of different stuff, kinda of like me, the triathlons, you know, on one extreme, the Iron Man stuff and did pretty well in that and then now you know you mentioned you mentioned with your projects at the moment you're pausing and there's a there's a a different posture maybe with how you're working on other things that you're doing i wouldn't say a slower rate because it might actually be quicker in the long run if you're not burning out well that's what exactly right but yeah. is this something that you see in the movement or the training relative 
is is there a mirror going with that too? Is there a, you know? Yep, yep. It's it's the same. It's pretty much the same thing. It's a, it's, you know, it's doing it. It's a, and and that's, it's the same with the training. It's doing it, and by doing it for a period of time, it just ends up being how you operate. It's like gets end up conditioning yourself and it turns into a habit. What's your what's your because we're talking about nourishment and I guess the opposite of that or inverse is kind of like I don't know, beat down or something. But tell me about your mindset when you go in to do this the the strength work or the training that you're doing. What's the what's the framing right? Like what's the like is it I'm gonna go in to do a really hard workout? Am I gonna burn these calories? Am I gonna what's the context for you for I know you mentioned the rafting and, and we do a lot like spearfishing and stuff together. So there's obviously like a flow on from doing these things, but when you're actually going in and I think this is important because a lot of people have a lot of different contexts when they show up, say at a gym. gym. Yeah. Yeah. And so like when you if you were to show up you know, you're going over to Sydney. If you're going to show up and did a class or something, what would you say your your mindset or your approach to this kind of stuff that you're doing in there? What do you when you rock up? What's your yeah. frame? What's your the, um, yeah? What's what's your narrative with the stuff? Well, right. Like if you think if you bring up Sydney, the fact that I'm going there, I'm in the last. Um, week of a eight week program and uh, Sydney is my last day so I'll be going into the gym there with I'm I'm completed pretty much a hundred percent eight week um, training program I've done every single thing every everything that I've done along the way I've done with you know good I'm present to what I'm doing so I'm going in to wrap it up. This is like my next one. This whole week here has been I'm on the third week and my I'm looking at numbers, but I'm not looking at numbers like I used to look at numbers. I'm looking at because um, I do have a bunch of benchmarks and then in order to maintain the strength I've got to like, you know, keep in mind the benchmarks so I just don't end up lifting little tiny weights and thinking I'm strong when I'm really not. The 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 whole thing is required in order to have the strength so that when I'm out, say, spearfishing and we, you know, spear a big kingy and I'm struggling with a fish or I'm struggling getting something in the boat or I'm p- pulling the boat up on the trailer or anything, I don't have any problem with it. And if I didn't do it, I would. I know I would because I see them over there that, that, that don't do it and they can't. They can't even wind the little handle around to winch their boat up onto the trailer at the, at my age, so I'm kind of I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity, and it is a break. It's from all these other things that I have on the on the plate. It's like I don't have to be chopping wood. I can be in the gym, and it's it's uh, so it's a. I like it. You know, yeah. it's like, I think yeah. liking it, it's just wanting to do it and wanting to be there and knowing that it's like I'm big on value. It's like I know the value of what it is. I'm not trying to avoid 
costs and say, well, if I didn't do this, I would be this and look at all the costs. I see the costs, but I'm looking at what I'm going to get out of it in the end. It just are you, when you're in there, are you comfortable? Like for the, for the, when say, I'm doing yeah, like, like, yeah, like I know there's going to be physical, you're going to be exertion, but like, but like in the mind, like, is there, is there, you know, say intent, frenzy, like, um, is there, is there a race kind of feel? (laughs) Yeah, is there, like, do you, like, what's the, what's the, um, or or you feel comfortable? Like, what's, because you've been doing it so long. I'm pretty comfortable. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like the practice. I'll just go. It's a practice. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I mean, I can, I can stretch them. I can be in there for two and a half hours or I can do it in an hour and a half. But I, um, you know, it's like, um, no, I'm plenty comfortable. I mean, uh, it, the, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's almost always good. Let's go to uh, one of the kind of habit ones which is impeccability. And when I came back here, uh, it was, it was, was started on a, one of the silent retreats that I did the second or third one. I think I went to kangaroo Island and halfway through you end up, you know, sweeping the floor with a, uh, whisk broom where every single sweep you you have this kind of intent with the sweep there's another you're just trying to be mindful of every single thing and catch yourself out when you you know drift and i really enjoyed it and it and it changed i remember i spoke to you after that trip because i had thought for a lot big part of my life like maybe 20 years that when you would come into a space and would kind of immerse into say something like cleaning i thought you were just sort of frustrated with the mess (laughs) that we had left and and then but then I realized that there was something bigger that was going on because I, I felt it when I was down there and it was this kind of like this this kind of uh, intention or mindfulness really is at a basic level being present with the task that can bring you joy and then so now I've got this word of impeccability where it's kind of you know doing your best on a recurring basis over and over. And really, I find it really hard because of obviously distraction is the biggest kind of anti impeccability. Yeah, yeah. But attention is something you talk about. Maybe if you have anything to say, it could be linked to training or otherwise on attention, impeccability. I know you've got a bit of a seated practice or some breathing stuff sometimes. Like, how does it come up for you? What do you notice when you're in? The cities versus here, like anything that you've got to say, really. Yeah, the cities are 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 a, a an opportunity to practice. You know, <laughs> being kind of in difficult in for me difficult uh, environments, but then it, that's a good opportunity because you have to be able to do that. So it's a but like. Well, the, yeah, I don't know. Is it something that you? Is it something that you think might have been? You did? Did you see this in your dad, or in your grand? Like, did you see this when you were young? Like a concept I of cleaning it. up and like the the. 
the uh, obviously impeccability is more than cleaning up, but like doing your best, you know, like um, c coming back. Yeah, to I really think I picked it up in little little bits, and you know, I can think of, um, and it has to do with workability, you know, how something works. Like I, uh, I, I come up with millions of examples, but they like when we were growing up, we had to do things certain ways and it had to do with workability. I think that was what I was, where I was heading. And there would be things like, because my dad was in the fire service and then on his days off did uh, contract gardening. And I worked with him all the time and he taught me, whole, he taught me a whole bunch of stuff, but you had to spade certain ways. You had to, you know, you had to face, um, one way when you spaded and one way when you were using a hoe and you had to rake this way and you had to sweep downwind and you had all these, um, they were rules, but they were rules that if you got the underlying um, reason for what you were doing, it all made sense. And then that became something that, well, it, I, that I had to, I did it that way, but it wasn't because I had to do it a certain way because I was taught it was because it worked this way and then if I was doing something a little bit different I would look at well you know like painting for example if you paint from the bottom up you're dripping the paint on the top goes onto the paint that you've got too many brush strokes in already underneath so if you paint from the top down you know you're always can keep a wet edge and if something drips you can just you know your paint's going to go over it so like it makes sense to do it that way. And then oh, the assembly line thing was they brought in a time motion guy and we were, we were doing precast concrete stuff and we were moving all these boxes around and you were, you'd, you'd strip them down, you put wire in them and oil them up and all this kind of stuff. And it was the order and they were actually putting stopwatches on us. And then what I got out of that experience there was that when you're someplace, you do as much as you can. You don't come back. It's like if you're coming back, you throw time away. So that's because I took that on. It's like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come back. And so, like, I if I see something that needs to be done, I pick something up. Like, if I'm in the gym and I pick up the dumbbells and the rack underneath the dumbbells is all dirty, well, I just go get a rag and I put wipe it up before I put the dumbbells back, and then that's clean. So like, I don't have to go back. So I'm I'm preventing myself from going back, and then that gets to the clean wake idea. As soon as I started designing and sailing on sailboats, I realized that a really small wake, making really small disturbance in the water, was a way faster way to go through the water. So I was making boats that surfed and went fast. They had to just skip through the water without a big wake. And then I thought, well, you're going, you know, I'm going through life, and there's all this impact that's behind me. So I started looking, turning around, and... Uh, what prompted it was because I was losing things. So then I started going, well, I'm just going to turn around. So like now it just is habitual that as I leave the kitchen or I, I, have a, I have a look and if something needs to be done that I missed, I do it right then because I don't want to go back. And I think then, like you say, you, by doing that, you just give yourself time that you can then Recover. You're not like always going back. You don't have all this stuff piled up behind you that is just sitting on top of you that you're saying, oh, God, got to get that done. Oh, man, oh, I've got to get that done. It's like that stuff doesn't, it just isn't there. So you get to just stop.
which is what I'm doing now. It's like I'll just go down to the beach and stop and just sit there and just, and I, but I'm still, the projects, like, like you, were, you were saying, I find that they're going as fast or faster than they were before, but I'm spending lots of time um, re-energizing myself. Resting, yeah. It is resting, yeah. It's uh, recovery. When, when I know you got to go soon, so we'll wrap it up, but the other, the other, the, it seems like there's a, almost a, there's almost a grounding for that, wake idea and I'm reminded of uh, situations like when we had the gym and we would always encourage people to be the first person to say hello when somebody new comes in and what's happening is the new person turns up and obviously their perception of the environment is very different to the person who's been there for a year or two and it's very easy for the person who's been there for a year or two to say hello and it's a lot harder emotionally for the person who just turned up, depending, you know, on the situation. And so what you're doing in, as the person who says hello first, who, you know, you, you've been around for a while, you're making them welcome and you're changing their perception and you're making them feel like they belong. Mm. And you're generally making the situation better from an emotional standpoint. And when you pick up the dumbbells, you see the dust underneath. It's almost like the the saying hello first is to take this situation or social situation and improve it and make the mm -hmm. other person mm -hmm. welcome. And there's a parallel where it's like, well, I walk past the thing that's thrown down on the ground and I can improve the situation and I can step into that kind of vacuum and I can pick it up. Mm -hmm. Or I can walk past it. Mm -hmm. And just before you go, like, how would you see that one could, because there's a, there's a lot more, it's a different posture. You're a forward-leaning posture to make the thing better. Right. And you're paying attention. And you're paying attention. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing, I think, is the paying attention. But it's like of not paying attention in a, you know, of a, like a, a anal kind of way. you yeah. know like yeah right in an anal kind of way it's just being on like peripherally aware of kind of what's all around you and then um you'll 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 spot it like i see stuff all over here right now but it's like uh yeah just um i don't know it's like each each task it's like you enter the tasks they all turn into little tiny tasks like that. If you see something that needs to be done, it's like our Lizzie mate told me one that she, she, when she dawned on that, she says, well, if it takes less than a minute, I'll do it right now. And so I go, oh, yeah, okay, that's good. I mean, you, that really, that minute's not going to hurt you. And if it's, especially if it has major impact or can help somebody else, like, you know, you leave the, the kitchen and you've just, if you leave it so the next person comes into a, pristine workplace they're going to be way um happier and then if you walk if they walk into something where there's you know dirty dishes in the sink and they like they want to make themselves some lunch and everything's all all screwed up you've got then depending on them maybe they would maybe some people that would think that was fine but i would say oftentimes you're you're kind of sabotaging 
the other person's that's wake stuff you know it's like you're you've just left uh, a mess in your wake and now somebody else is going to clean it up it's either they're going to clean it up so you're dumping it on everybody else or you're going to have to go back and clean it up by having not done it at the at the time uh so before we wrap up that's coming back around so we spoke about we spoke a little bit about vision <clears throat> to help create the kind of urgency and necessity that you've talked you talked about um this vision of the future and i know you mentioned before as well this kind of concept of gift to your future self and you just spoke then about the gift to your future self in terms of the wake but also the gift towards the future of others so other people right so you you have a positive net positive impact from impeccability and attention right um anything just to leave on that in terms of this future self well the thing about the future self that I think is is uh, interesting is when you are receiving the gifts from your past self. So, like, your past self has set it up. It's like, I've done the training. I have the gift now from my past self of the strength that I have. And I was like, thanks. You know, and if you can celebrate gifts from your past self and kind of keep it going with in mind that you're gifting your future self, you're going to have this it's going to be like a celebration all the time. And if you can spread that by kind of doing, other people will get you, they can get, they can get involved in it and they're going along. They get to go along with it too. So extending basically the conversation, extending to how you relate with other people as well. Yeah. Because you basically, you have the similar kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else? We'll wrap it up. Otherwise, there was one. Um, it was the thing. Oh, I know. It was, uh, we were talking about um, this um, saying you want to do something, you know, like, okay, hey, next week we're going to have such and such. And you say, oh, yeah, great. That'd be really cool. But then as time, as it gets closer and closer, you more and more don't want to do it. You know, and by the time it, t- time it comes, you're like totally out of energy and you're, you're, you're like, well, you'll get you could get sick. You could just, it could prevent, your body could just prevent you from doing what it is. And it was something that Joanna was saying. And I said, well, you, if you had your, um, you have to um, uh, ask your future self what it really is going to want. So that comes, gets around to knowing yourself. Like, so if you know that you're going to run out of energy unless you, you know, um, take take steps in order to recover. That then you you can't make the commitment in the first place. You just you just are. It's a, it's kind of like the reverse of going back. It's like going forward and running into a wake that you've kind of created from the past. It gets to uh, you know it gets really kind of funny when uh, kind of the foresight. Yeah, yeah, well, it is really knowing yourself. It's yeah. like, because this, I, the people that I've seen that do this over and over and over, yeah, 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 they're yeah, doing yeah. it all the yeah. time. It's like, have you noticed that you've, you're yeah. running out of energy? Or like, they'll run out of energy at the end of every day, every day. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe if you took a nap at, for 20 minutes after your um, midday meal, you know, and that kind of stuff works. Hmm. 
yeah, one of the things that sometimes I get people to do is when they're creating the project with the the launch date and all these things is to put a little bit in and where is like who's going to stop me and where am I going to stop myself? Like where's my narrative going to pop up? Similar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for today. We, if you have any questions on this episode or the, uh, any of the previous ones, send them to john at johntmarsh.com and we'll see you here next week and we'll keep this series going while I'm out on Great Barrier. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you found it interesting, feel free to share it along to somebody else. Have a great one.